I can't wait. Four and a half to a three and a half. I can't wait to watch the ring. I can't either. It's yeah, so it's gonna be so fucking dope. It's gonna be so good. I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, that's gonna be the first uh, that's Halloween. That's the grudge, man. What are you doing there? Remember when those those like, oh, we're gonna remake all the Japanese. I have had 365 days of miserable. 2020's here. If we have follow up 2020, the vibe of 2020, keep it going. If it makes you feel, we should do just disaster movies, one after the other. If it makes you feel any better, The Ring is one of three movies that I've ever woken up <laughs> That's not with, with a nightmare. From. I can't even get you to watch the goddamn court jester. I know. I really want to do it. I really do. Eddie, I know Eddie's movie. It was fucking... Uh, Paranormal Activity. Yeah, yeah. Fool Slept was... Slept with a Bible for a week. the Bible the next day. Which one? Paranormal Activity, the first yeah, one. Yeah, he tried oh, yeah. to sleep at my house after yeah. that. For a week. Yeah. I slept with yeah. a Bible. No, that... Lights on. Ritual. I had no trouble sleeping with lights on. Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist, growing up. Go into the light. And I had no uh, idea what I was going this into. This house is clear. Let me just tell you, and I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm farting. gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this. Did you I woke up. Yeah. I woke up <sighs> in the middle of the night, probably like two o'clock in the middle of the night, and I couldn't open my eyes because I knew that if I did. Good evening, and welcome to Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast that will never do the ring as a movie, where three of the four hosts oh, provide wait till a refined intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one who tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me are my co-hosts, Jeremiah. What up, yo? Eddie? You tend to... Say it again. Johnny. Hod. You tend to... You tend to breathe hard when you get excited. <laughs> And Brandon. When I try to cut a deck to a card, I end up with the Joker. Then you're putting the Joker in like an idiot because you should never have a Joker oh, in that deck. Yeah, that's, 52 that's cards. Moron. That's why Go Fish you, never works out for me. With every review, we tell you how many drinks it takes to get through each movie selection. At the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movie based on a scale of 0 to 5. 0 is a perfect film that you can watch Stone Cold Sober. And 5 is a terrible film that you must be blackout drunk to enjoy. In addition to our review, we generally pair our selection with a cocktail that we hope will enhance the viewing experience. We invite you now to shake, stir, or mix the cocktail that we've chosen and settle in for what we hope will be an engaging review. With that, uh, what movie do we have in our Western genre this evening, Brandon? Well, tonight we are continuing our next round of genre-linked movies with the 1994 American Western comedy film, Maverick. Brett Maverick, needing money for a poker tournament, faces various comic mishaps and challenges, including a charming woman thief. The film was directed by Richard Donner and stars pre-Jesus, uh, Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson, James Garner, Jodie Foster, all James Coburn, and all Graham, the, all the Graham Damn Green. God dang it. I love that guy. Richard Donner, Goonies live forever, by the way. Oh, die. Oh, die. God. Yeah. Eddie. Goonies may live forever, but nobody's watching anymore. No, no, I mean. Eddie, take us through the cocktail. Hey, Eddie. As we mentioned, with each movie, we try to pair the tone, feel, and overall impact of the story with a cocktail. Sometimes the drink will be referenced directly in the film, and other times the drink will be simply inspired the film, like James Bond shaking that stirred with a lemon pill. Tonight, since Jeremiah is taking the lead of the cocktail again, Again? Uh, it can't be him. I'm no, a, thank you, Jeremy, don't for taking the lead. Don't worry it's about it. Time. It's just been like, you know, it's, Some it's other people COVID. Have been out of town. It's COVID. I just want to drink. I don't I give a shit. Yeah. Uh, what was it this time, Jeremiah? It's called a Royal Flush Cocktail. Really spoiler start, alert. Spoiler alert. We really need to start spreading this drink around. No, no, no. We can't. We, we're practicing, you know, social distance cool. right now. 
<laughs> All right. So yeah, we're doing. Brandon's the got a herpes. Yeah, on his I know it's so nasty. <laughs> Damn, being in the mountains and cold sores. <laughs> it's so nasty. It is so bad. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing the Royal Flush because why? Because Maverick, it's all about poker, car games, you know, going on the the bell of all bells and everything like that. And it's a fun drink. We're drinking. We're think, enjoying. I think you're trying like a Southern Bell, right? Is it Southern Bell? Yeah. We also have Anna Bell. Is Jody Foster? Anyway, uh, there we go. Continue. Okay. okay, okay, okay. Well, just let you know, it's fun. It's great. Enjoy. You should drink it right now. It's three ounces of cranberry juice, one and a half ounce of Royal Crown. Three fourths of peach snaps, snaps. Uh, a little black uh, raspberry liqueur, and some cherries for the garnish. You can always go to our website, jalumbapodcast.com, to get the recipe because we want you to drink and enjoy your uh, quarantine days with us. Well, I, do, I have uh, I have been noticing that during this, you know, not necessarily the second quarantine, but the first quarantine, the <laughs> alcohol sales were tremendously up. Did anyone else see that YouTube video about the guy who was out on a, on a run? On Trash Day, and every house had bottles upon bottles of wine and beer. And like you walk down the street, everyone's just getting schnuckered during yeah. Eddie. Every time I call you at 10 o'clock, what, is it on your third bottle? Or? All right, I'm uh, on my fifth glass of wine. Brandon, take us through the review. There's so, only four in a bottle, so you have multiple bottles. Not of wine? the big one, <laughs> Gallo. Okay. <laughs> Brandon, take us through the review. So to give you guys a little background on our selection process for this second season, we're reviewing movies that we, however tenuously, can link together by theme, actors, and or subject. So we've got the Western genre continuing on and stampeding on and galloping on and <laughs> yeehawing on. So again, we tried to keep the mandate. I like uh, that joke. Just kept going on. <laughs> and we review movies <laughs> that shape how stories have been told throughout time. And even like how they off think, something. I don't know why. <laughs> how we think they're gonna just fucked off. Just gonna, uh, we so we won't be talking about this movie naturally. <laughs> Go ahead, Jeremy. damn. So we won't be talking about the movie about. The- <laughs> 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 We've had drinks tonight, so we won't be talking about the movie straight through. Instead, we'll let our conversation flow naturally. That's it. We'll be touching on different film aspects, including plot, characters, direction, music, director of photography, and anything else that might come up, Maverick way. Cinematographically. Cinematographically. So essentially, we've got Brett Maverick as the lead character. Burt Maverick? Brett? Burt. <laughs> it's Brett. Yes, it is. I know. That's the joke of the movie. So we've got Brett Maverick, who is $3,000 short of his $25,000 tournament entry fee. And essentially, the whole movie is him trying to get that $3,000 short to get into the, uh, in, into the, 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 poker, the, tournament. the poker tournament. You hit it. It's the most lame, boring plot ever with comic mishaps right and we that's got that. exactly that's what exactly it what it is um and i mean i'm just gonna start in on it i i enjoyed the movie but at the same time I, I don't think it's a very good movie because it's just a bunch of almost skits just thrown together and and linked by just uh, a really thin line of of continuity or narrating by the way i was not liking it at all with like no. you know mel gibson it's just like oh so you're gonna talk throughout the whole movie no you don't like that i hate it. it i hate narration this was not narration he, did he narrate the whole yeah. movie no, yeah. well, I mean, he, he, the first half he came at least. in through yeah until until you until, met we met until but then, he was uh hanging off the horse but there was a, there was a scene in narration that really pissed me off like actually made me frustrated as i was watching it and that was when he gives the background on how he's always thought that he had the ability to cut to a card now granted it's to give us an understanding of like what he's trying to do which comes back at the end of the the movie but at the same time, um, I thought that it was completely unneeded voiceover, like internal thought monologue. 
So lest we forget, this movie was based on a very, very long-running television show with James Garner as the titular character of Maverick. Brett Maverick. Oh! So yes. one of the things... That's why he's in the movie. Yeah, so one of the things you have to kind of understand when they went to do the movie is they wanted to be uh, at least somewhat reverent of the original and kind of be a little bit more respectful of the way that the, the movie, the show was set up. On paper... I mean, don't get me wrong. On paper, it's like you got Mel Gibson, you got Richard Donner going to direct it. Okay, Lethal Weapon team teaming up and everything like that. You know, the original guy who did Superman, right? Right. Okay, so you're just like, okay, sweet, and everything like that. I don't know what to say. It's just like I thought there was going to be more to it. I didn't know it was going to be a comedy or an action movie. I didn't know what I was walking into. It's kind of weird when you start with the first movie with the person has a noose on his neck, and then you're like, okay, let's rewind and let's go back to the beginning where we're at. You right. know? And you you have to understand, too, that uh, Maverick was famous for its its cameos and its uh, its extra characters. So one of the things that I feel like they might have struggled with in this movie is they packed it with a lot of different like vignettes. I think you're correct. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's, it's vignettes. Yeah, it's a bunch of, of vignettes together until you get to the riverboat and kind of figure out what the, what the plot is about. Right. So you start off with, um, like you said, him in the desert being abandoned and basically he basically he's just like you know he's like telling you the story to the beginning of what went out you see alfred molina molina which you know by the way fucking he looks great in this movie he looks he's great a, in every he's movie. always good yeah we know that he pissed that yeah maverick has pissed molina off uh angel off and then it's one of those you know kind of overused plot devices to to get us back up to speed as to how he got there right and, and this I was, remember the time. This was what ninety three, ninety four. So I don't know. I, I felt like at the time, you haven't seen it that much at that time of ninety four. It was somewhat new. I, Maybe like, I it was. It was kind of like, oh wait, how did he get there? I, I feel like this was Richard Donner kind of taking a break from more serious action movies that were good and yeah. kind of digressing into a different genre. And I think this movie struggles with the, the age old struggle of what is it. Is it going to be serious? Is it going to be a comedy? Is it going to be a serious comedy? Because we have, I mean, if you look at something, and I don't keep meaning to bring up the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but if you look at something like Endgame, where you continue to have comedy throughout the movie of in the characters, but it's still a very serious plot, this didn't quite have the gravitas of the plot to throw in all the jokes to be a serious comedy. I put the same, this same area, this movie in the same category as The Sting. Personally, oh really? Oh, yes, I don't know. Just just because it's like a little comedy and you have action, you have a little uh, thriller in the, the the idea of the movie. I don't know. I feel like it's the it's trying to be the sting. How about that? Do you know? Yeah. Okay, I'll take that. It's trying. The sting at least had a continuous plot that actually had had more than just. Not talking about the plot. I'm just overall just the the idea of like it has the idea of like trying to be the action slash comedy and it was like, multi genre, multi genre, yeah, yeah. and. What yeah. I think that it, this movie failed at was it, it was trying to be too multi-genre. It was tr- mm-hmm. trying to embrace too many things. But right. let's talk about the characters. Let's talk about Brett Maverick as, uh, or uh, excuse me, Mel Gibson as Brett Maverick because mm-hmm. this is kind of M- Mel Gibson at Mel Gibson's best. This is oh yeah, I like when he's funny. He's a funny he's a guy, funny, yeah. and you know but he was very good in this. movie. You know what he yeah. does in this character in this role is that he brings like this suave likableness. And rather even uh, uh, what's her name, Jodie Foster's character even talks about how he's just so damn likable. And he is. He's the most likable character. You can't help but smile at him. Um, and I wrote here in the notes that to me, he in this this uh, role, he really reminds me of George Clooney in like Ocean's Eleven, right? You just can't help but like him. He's just a likable guy, which to me is interesting because 
Um, he goes, you know, that Mel Gibson goes from this role in 94 to, to Braveheart, Braveheart in yeah. 95, which let's not forget, Brian Cox is in that movie, <laughs> and it's goddamn amazing. That's where... <laughs> but Braveheart Fucking is, a. to me, one, one of the let's, most serious and good... No, 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 back, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just going to say that Mel Gibson, I think, knowing that he follows this role up with Braveheart, something so damn serious and so good... It almost draws more attention to the quality of actor Mel Gibson is in being so good timing-wise in, in comedy. So I guess what bothered me a little bit initially when I watched it, and I, I love this movie, don't get me wrong, I'm so, um, is that Maverick was not a swindler. He was not a con man. He was not this charming card player. He was a lawman. Oh, in the in the series, he was a lawman. Right. So if you look at, uh, like, so in the movie, was he a lawman? No, in the movie, no, he was he a was card a shark swindler. I would say that the most, the character that most looked like Maverick in the movie was James Garner, who was kind of a straight up, reasonable, who rational. Though, who, yeah, who was in Maverick the in, the, in, the, in the yeah? So keep going. I'm sorry. Anyway, it just it just it bothered me a little bit that, that they deviated so much and it caught me off guard. There was a movie with Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett. We just talked about him. A couple, mm-hmm. um, called, uh, Oh my goodness. Uh, Hollywood homicide. Wait. Oh and, my gosh. I haven't thought about that movie. Okay, dude. So, but Hartnett. remember going in, I remember going into that movie and sitting in the theater and not realizing it was a comedy and hating it and being like, what the hell is going on? They're doing all these weird pauses. And then about 15 minutes into it, I was like, Oh my God, it's a comedy and it's hilarious. But you, if you don't know it's a comedy going in, very difficult to, <laughs> to kind of catch up. And I think that people, this caught people off guard a little bit thinking that it was going to be kind of a serious Western and it ended up being kind of a silly love story comedy with, um, the wonderful Jodie Foster, a very straight faced James Garner, and then Mel Gibson, who kind of just played up, up his character. And I think you hit it on the head when you say silly. To to me, that that was that was the problem of this movie is that it was it was silly when uh, when it could have been something more, right? And I have here to me a lot of the jokes that they throw out just didn't land. They just weren't yeah. funny. One of the, one of the things, and I know if you go on the IMDb. Um, interesting facts you find out that Jodie Foster accidentally fell out of the carriage one time and so they they rewrote her character to be this bumbling dummy I didn't laugh once when she stumbled or she fell out of the window she fell out of the carriage she trips over herself I didn't find any of that funny Um, you know reorienting his stance with his fists up for the fist fight if you guys remember that it was just like that's not funny it's just and so I think the problem was that a lot of the jokes that they tried to write in they didn't land, which then kind of takes away from the whole quality of the film. Oh, I was totally wrong, by the way. Yeah, I what? think you were wrong. Maverick was not a lawman. He was a uh, he was a poker player. Do we want to restart the <laughs> so, podcast? No, or? it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I did thought it was funny when he saw. Uh, I was thinking well, his kid. partner from *Lethal Weapon* Danny three. Danny Glover. That Danny was Glover. the only part of that. That made me kind of laugh, and they had the little music oh, in the background yeah. of *Lethal oh, Weapon*. Yeah. And, and, and then you hear that I'm too old for, for this shit. shit. Yeah. Oh, so good. <laughs> that made me laugh. Right. Yeah, but the problem was like, why? Why was it there? You know? Yeah. You know? I well, you just came off of you came off of you came oh, off of three, that, they finished three Lethal Weapon movies. Okay, the third one's already third one done. Just finished yeah, in nine. Three yeah. was yeah. the funniest of them all. Yeah. Like, well, so they were on their high together as a team. So they were. I feel like this movie just kind of was just like a movie that they just. Hey, you want to turn my movie for a little cameo? <laughs> Seriously. Well, yeah. it, it but I feel like that the whole time. I feel like the, the whole the whole movie is like, oh, who else is going to show up? Oh, we're going to show you. Who's going to show up in what role? For, for my for my literature theory nerds, uh, right? You guys, it, it's intertextuality, and it's this drawing attention to kind of the overlapping of narratives. And I, to me, 
you know, I, I haven't seen this movie in years, and I found out watching this movie that I don't think I'd ever actually seen the movie from start to finish. I've seen all of the movie, but it was always on TV or HBO or whatever <laughs> when you had the free HBO weekends, and they always threw those on. Um, and so <laughs> sitting through, but I remember when I started watching this movie, the only the only scene that I could clearly remember besides the very end when he gets the royal flush is the Danny Glover scene, cameo. the cameo. And I remember loving it then, and then seeing it again. It, it that didn't lose its power. I, I and who I was loved... Danny Glover's helper in robbing the bank? Oh, I don't know. Corey Feldman. Corey, uh, goddamn Feldman, because <laughs> Richard Donner, <laughs> pretty, you know, did that, yeah. the Goonies and also produced the, the Lost Boys. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're redoing that, by the way. Oh, fuck <laughs> So let's talk about Annabelle Bransford as a character, because I think Jodie Foster has been kind of pigeonholed into a type of character, you know, Clarice Starling. She's, yeah, she's very not powerful. chasing Hannibal yeah. like during this. I, I thought she was just delightful. And uh, maybe I'm I'm just jaded. I but. thought that she was a great character who was poorly written. I think that her character, it was too fickle. Um, and to me, she she got old. Her character got old really quick, which is tough because I I too am a huge Jodie Foster fan. I um, like the chemistry between uh, Mel yeah. Gibson and Jodie Foster. Well, I thought they worked really really well. They're, well they're with really each other. good friends yeah. in, in real life. I don't know if you guys ever saw like a super weird The Beaver. The Beaver. I don't. Did you guys ever see that one? What it was The Beaver? Oh, it was it, terrible. Jodie Foster directed. It was amazing. <laughs> Uh, but like you go in thinking that it's about a guy who um, has a puppet? Who, who has a puppet, a, a, a beaver, I right? I think I've known and this. And it is. I went in thinking, oh, this is going to be kind of comedyish, and it's so damn serious, <laughs> uh, but also so damn good. But y- you see that uh, that Jodie Foster and Mel Gibson are, are really good friends, and that's that chemistry comes across on screen for sure. What do you guys think about the music, by the way, Randy Newman? I thought it was classic, Randy. Randy, but also classic. Western it had like a bonanza feel or bonanza vibe to it. I just, just to me, so I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at this as a western because that's where we put it, and it it doesn't it feels like a mockumentary western, and I think that's what like the Three Amigos. I really I don't I've never seen that one either. <gasps> My problem is I'm I'm watching this movie and all I can think all I can think about is I used to love this movie when I was a kid. I still still really appreciate it, but it's not as sharp. It's not as yeah. As uh, City Slickers is another one that I just watched recently, and Fuck, I remember I that being so funny. And it's the movie's so hard, a, it's dude. So bad. Oh, City Slickers two is funny, but City one Slickers is two. so yeah. damn serious. It's great serious. Um, but no, I, I think one of the scenes where I, I kind of noticed that is when Maverick uh, chases Annabelle Bransford down to the uh, the carriage, right? Uh, or or was the boat? The, the carriage, right? After she had shrunk his his shirt. Sure, sure yeah. From Paris, that, France, lady. Right. You see, you see all the buildings, and they look like cardboard cutouts. They look yeah. like these these, they, the, these the, fronts the, the, the that are real. Yeah, this did not look like. So I don't know if that was intentional. Or was that intentional? But, yeah. but it was. If if it was intentional, if it was intentional, I don't think it was blatant enough. That we would get it. I just looked at it and said, "Oh, yeah, that seems like, like it, a un- like if it was quality. like a, like it was like something like okay, if they punch someone and they fall into the the building Blazing and it falls down, right? to me it would have been like, oh, okay, I get it. But it didn't look like the western that we just saw last week, um, three ten, three ten, human, where it's just raw and it's just dirty and it's just grimy, playing like for West- realism, yeah." yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we we had also thrown around a million day, ways to die in the West, which was uh, oh, you know, man. but I, once again, I don't feel like this movie knew its lane. That it didn't know how how to be either an upright, over the top comedy or be kind of try to be realistic. But it, it would definitely didn't succeed. It hit serious there at the end at the the poker tournament. I that, think it hit you know? serious that, all the way through. But that's like it's like it was like waiting for it to get to that point yeah, of the movie. Everyone waited to like okay, where where where's the poker in this movie? 
Oh, you're asking. <laughs> no, that was it. It was like, I, I was dreaming of you. It was like, and, and then the movie, the whole movie was. Well, Eddie, there's poker in literally almost every scene of the movie. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. But the Wait, poker, no, Mel Gibson no, didn't reach out. The poker, poker tournament. Her. So in the very bad. beginning, you just know he's trying to get $3,000, and you know he's a card reader. He right. reads people's faces. So like at the, the saloon, he's just like, Great scene. for a whole hour, he says, okay, I'll, I'll guarantee you I'm going to lose money for a whole hour. Yeah, I will lose and, money for But now. overall, what he's doing the whole hour is just reading people's faces, reading their uh, expression, and he can, he catches everyone what they're doing, and, and he's pretty quick. He's pretty quick, and that, I felt like that scene right there was ahead of its time with uh, the whole poker tournament thing going on yeah. now, with, like Texas Hold'em. Like, there's a lot to everyone's face that you show when you get a pair of aces. You start making like you start moving cards without knowing it. Like, you start pairing them See, up. Right. But you're good at poker, right? Yes, you don't don't make any faces. Don't, you, you can't make a face. I'm the worst fucking poker yeah. face, we'll yo. <laughs> but at the same time, it's almost now people look at that. And you want to almost have a face on purpose. Is people think like, oh, he's made a face, dude. If I win twenty five bucks, I retire. I go to Taco Bell, I get some gas. And I I'm just done. make faces all the time because <laughs> I, I don't know what card to be. The, the best part about this movie was the poker. I felt like, that, and, and I want to I want to take us to that that scene in the saloon where he does lose for an hour, and we see him reading all the tells, and and it's it's really well done. Like I mean, that's the beginning of the movie too. So I'm watching this the other day when I'm when I'm kind of taking notes on it. I'm going, this movie is a lot, you know. Um, a lot higher quality than I was expecting then it went downhill from there but that whole bar scene and it, it kind of goes from reading the tells then to uh, to Johnny Harden uh, and, and he says oh Johnny my god you're Johnny Harden and, he drops his- and then he talks about how fast he is and then you know we find out that Maverick is actually like beyond fast and like a real gunslinger and He's, then yeah. yeah and then Angel shows up or whatever happens and, and Angel's uh, about to beat him up and then he he somehow has these other guys that come and beat him up, and so that's when you have this brawl out in the street, and then fake. you find out later out this faked. Uh, and, and you know that whole segment, I think, and I, I do kind of look at this as skits, right? I just think this is one skit or a vignette as to another skit to another skit. Um, and I thought that that was actually really, really well done. That whole segment, and then you kind of moved off into the introduction of of James Garner, who. To me, when you have an old-time actor in a Western movie, especially one that's been in a lot of what, like, it's, this would be very similar if they brought in Clint Eastwood to play this role. It's almost like an immediate reverence to the genre. You can't really not like the character. Mm-hmm. You can't really like not like... And I thought he was fun, more funny than a, a lot of... I like the dry humor better than the over humor Yeah, he's humor got a great dry time. humor to this, yeah. Uh, and like he says, you know, the, 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 when they're in the carriage, right, and the carriage is... Um, going going off the cliff, and he's it's like, I can't do anything. I gotta hold this wheel. It's coming apart. <laughs> and Mel Gibson is on top of the carriage, under the carriage. He's everywhere, and he's like, I, I got a really good look at that wheel that was coming off. Well, one of the one. Of the, I mean, I hate I hate not liking the movie and then talking about one part that I love in the movie. Yeah. But when he's hanging off the cliff, right, and he's like, you know, yells at them, and I don't want anybody's help. And then he starts sliding down. And he's like, help, help. Um, <laughs> and and I think that that as funny as it's situational humor for sure. But having Garner there. You know, kind of taunting him along, and we don't know at this point that you know that they're the they're spoiler, conning yeah. they're conning everybody together. Um, that yeah, that that scene and that humor is made from the straight faced Garner as opposed to the the situation. I do feel like uh, you had <clears throat> a little bit of difficulty in a, the love triangle between or the see not maybe there wasn't a love triangle, but there was definitely an implied. Well, love you triangle. mentioned. Um, Last Crusade, right? Right. And we had that love triangle with Elsa Schneider, Schneider yeah. yeah. And we find out when they're when they're back to back in the um, or they're about <laughs> to be tied up you. back to back. Oh, like ships in the night. I was the ship. 
<laughs> right. And I, mean, I was the next man. <laughs> right. So and that worked there for a lot more humor than than this got. See, I didn't even know there was a love triangle or anything like that. We talked about how they both was it they both no they both kisses. That's that's Indiana Jones. Um, no, there's I don't know if it's overt, but it's definitely implied that there yeah. is something between them. Yeah. yeah, definitely. When you look at uh, Annabelle, when she looked, and I'm jumping way ahead, but when she looks in the in the in, tub, in the tub, and she's <laughs> like, hmm. same, same. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll tell them to bring some more warm, warm such, water. Yeah, what, <laughs> do you, such haunting, <laughs> what do you guys feel about uh, Joseph? Uh, so that was the bank proprietor who said, who basically Maverick owed, or he was owed, owed Maverick a thousand dollars. Joseph uh, Graham Green. Oh. Oh. Oh, Graham Green. His name is Joseph. Yeah, no, no. Oh, what, was the, what was the guy's oh, the, name? Oh, the guy that, that That's Jeffrey in. Lewis. That's Matthew Whitaker. Oh, Whitaker, Eugene. sorry. Eugene. Sorry, sorry, Eugene. Uh, I apologize. No, uh, he wasn't that great. But let's talk about Joseph because Graham Green <laughs> like, is fan-freaking-tastic, and he is in one of my very favorite movies of all times. We actually talked about this for the Westerns, but Dances with Wolves. Yeah. The Graham Green, I think, he's one of my favorite um, you know, character actors for sure. Yeah, and he's funny Something here. Which that scene made me laugh. Graham Greene, not not a really funny actor. You know, if you look at his filmography, but yeah. he he lands it. He does the great humor again. Great skit made me laugh, but does it work for the whole? Movie? I think it does, no. but I, I I think yeah. I think once you get past the fact that this is not a drama, that this yeah. is a straight up comedy, then you're better. But I I I totally agree with you that. Tends to be it tends to be like a Jim Carrey movie. Yeah, and and to me Jim Carrey's the best when Jim Carrey is a straight man and not this flailing idiot. Yeah, um, I felt the same way with, with Mel Gibson. Is that as soon as he got flailing, it's like okay, enough, reel him back in. Mm-hmm. Director. Uh, I think Mel Gibson's just having fun times, and that's yeah. what you do see in this film is that you can tell like this was a fun film to actually shoot. He also talks about how uh, he's going through a time right now that he feels like all his friends are being. Uh, Kind of bat stabbing towards him. They felt like everyone yeah, they're not, trying to steal yeah, from the him. banker. Yeah, the yeah. banker, like, the banker gets, who gives only hundred dollars, and overall he has a lot of money he can give him. Right. Like, come on. And then the uh, Dra- uh, Joseph, the Graham Green, uh, <laughs> playing him. <laughs> playing him. Yeah, overall, it's two thousand dollars that he actually got. But overall, like he was trying to <laughs> sell <laughs> it for only two fifty. Pretty funny, yeah. And then as an Indian, and he actually gets a thousand dollars out of it. But it's just like. And yeah. okay, let's let's talk about that one a little bit. So. Basically, you've got Graham Greene, who I'm going to say something a little controversial. I wish he'd get more roles um, and they wouldn't pigeonhole him into just Native. I feel like he just plays Native American roles. And it's a shame because he's just he's a very talented man. Um, uh, Anyway, so you've got uh, Graham Greene, who is ahead of this um, Twilight. Yeah, he was. He was in Twilight. Ahead of this, uh, this Indian tribe, and basically, uh, Mel Gibson con- convinces his friends that he's going to go <laughs> and sacrifice himself. himself. <laughs> to I did tribe. like that scene where, like, the the father was like, "No, no, I can go. You know, you saved me." He's like, "No, no, no, yeah. no. You know, you got to protect these hundred people over yeah. here." You know, <laughs> that's funny too. What he says about it, you know, it's, they'll, they'll let you live if they cut off your hand and you show no emotion. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> It's so over the top, so stupid, and yeah, it, it's. See, I don't know how funny. you don't like this movie. It's, you've got. I love parts of it. I you've love. You've got to get love rid of skits. One yeah. of the things about these type of movies, is you've got to get rid of your like preconceived notions of quality, and this is the problem with the podcast. <laughs> but isn't so this what is. we're we're, we're, we're vo- voting on? I, I'm yeah. totally, I totally understand, but sometimes you have to like go. Oh my god, it's just Nick Cage. Like, oh my god, it's okay to it's okay to to to, to engage in this kind of stuff. All right, so he goes with Joseph into the uh, with the, the Native Americans, and then there's a Russian archduke who basically they scheme into allowing him to hunt and kill 
Maverick in disguise. Which as I, an I yeah, as which a Native I, American. As a Native American. Yeah. I didn't really care too much for the scene. I understand that it was like setting it up for it to actually happen during the poker scene where, you know, he got him back, you know, got the money and everything. But to me, I was like, okay, you know, that part, the first part of it was kind of funny. Then this part goes over here and you're just like, what's happening? I see what they're doing though. I mean, I think if we want to read, you know, politically into this, which we don't have to, but we could read into this. This is kind of a statement saying that, hey, the invading white man, quote unquote, um, comes in and, and, you know, hunts, most dangerous game style, uh, the natives for was sport. He, was he supposed to be white? Because he was Russian. He's Russian. Oh, just making sure yeah. no, well, What was the quote that you said, Eddie, uh, uh, when the Russian asked if he can hunt the Indian? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Graham Greene goes, we've been, uh, we've, been, we've, been, for <laughs> we've been hunting white men for years. Oh, no, we've been hunting uh, Indians for years. And I think the reason that, that this makes, and this is something that I think is lost in new movies and kind of in new generations of people, is this, you can be funny and still be serious. Like this is a funny line. It makes you laugh, but it really is funny because it makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> it's funny because it it harkens it's back not to PC. something, right? Yeah. And and I think this movie flirts with that line a couple of times, and it does it pretty well. Where it doesn't overtly offend anyone, but it definitely has a political little jab in there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I thought that was excellent. But I, I agree with you, Jeremy, and and to Brandon's point, um, it's a bunch of different vignettes, and this particular vignette. Wasn't my favorite. Yeah, and it just like, but I understand why it was there, and then, you know, and it does make sense, you know, that there was a political like point of view of it, but it was just there to set it up to get you to, and that, I feel like this is like pretty much what the movie was trying to get you to the poker part of the movie, the third part, the third act of it. Yeah. So then you get to kind of uh, you cut get caught up to the beginning after that, where Angel has been telegraphed to stop Maverick at all costs from mm-hmm. getting into the yeah. game. Don't know who. Uh, yeah, and you kind of this is where you start your uh, your new your movie afresh apparently uh, from the from the first scenes of the movie. Um, so this this is kind of an interesting little. Um, he hides his money in his boot, twenty three thousand dollars in his boot. <laughs> he hides his money everywhere, just different spots. He owns twenty three thousand dollars, a big stack. <laughs> I'm thinking twenty five thousand dollars to enter this tournament. I mean, that's that's a, lot a, of money. Shit that's a lot of shitload of money. Chad. That's a lot oh, now. Back in the this day, is, yeah, you know, that's years? probably like two hundred fifty thousand today. Oh, maybe more. Probably, yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, wait, how does it happen? Like, what the branch, you know, just breaks. He falls off. He gets dragged by the horse, right? Ollie, yeah. Ollie, and then he gets to the boat. Is that correct? Well, yeah, basically, he he reunites with Bransford and Cooper on the on the boat. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. okay. So he gets yeah. there. Um, he recovers his $23,000. So he's still short at that point. He's still $4,000 short. He sees the guy, the Russian guy, and, you know, he plays the, what's it called, the uh, Indian chip, the, yeah. the yeah. Indian police yeah. or something like yeah. that. But he, but he was able to get that money for Jodie Foster. Oh, that's right. He wasn't short. Well, how, he, oh, right. He, he, okay. wasn't, he, was, he was too short, right? He was $2,000 short. Yeah. And he got six thousand out of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. Than the four thousand. That's right. To cover her and him. He's actually he almost covered two buy-ins. If you think about this, he made a lot of money, and she kept stealing yeah. it from him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, and then you kind of got a really good character actor coming in, and and this is an old cowboy himself, as James uh, James Coburn. I totally forgot about this guy, man. Just uh, how like. You know, a powerful presence this guy is, man. Seriously. Mr. Waternoose. <laughs> is that the Commodore? <laughs> That's Commodore. Yeah, he, he came out of nowhere. So one of my favorite uh, parts that he has played over the years, I don't know if anyone has seen the movie Eraser. Yes. Oh, yeah. Fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. It's old school. He was not 96? No, maybe no, not. That even, no, that was that James Conn. I thought James Conn no, was the James villain. James Conn was also in it, but it had... James Corbin? Uh, now I've got to look it up. Coburn. 
He was in The Great Escape, also with yeah, with uh, uh, the same guy, yeah. James Coburn. He was Whitsec Chief Beller. Right. Um, Man, I have to watch that movie. Have again. you ever seen The Great Escape too? No. Oh, Great Escape is a great movie. Yes. yes. Well, he, it was in. Richard Attenborough and uh, he was in uh, Payback. This guy. Oh, okay. That's the Mel Gibson movie that I remember. Payback. Okay. Yeah, he was with Mel Gibson. Uh, he made another movie, Payback. Eraser. He was Eraser. Yeah, he was in Eraser. Ninety six. Yeah. Uh, so it was um, what's his name? Uh, ha- ha- Guy from uh, Charlton Heston. I think he was in that too. Shit. Anyway, but he's been, he's kind of been a staple of westerns. Coburn has or had in his his past. So him showing up here was kind of a natural thing. He he was an old cowboy. Yeah, and but he still had that suave debonair quality to him. He had uh, to me. Didn't he you? had a presence, like Jeremy was saying. Yeah. Yeah. When he walked onto the screen, you were like, "Oh shit, this is this is the guy, man. This is the guy." And this is the problem with the movie is that once again, it's changing genres. It was a comedy. And now all of a sudden when they're on the boat, it's kind of a serious uh, poker game. Yeah. And it's it's not just a comedy anymore. It's actually like Yeah, it became intense. like a music video at one time. Like a music a country music video where they just have like yes, the, and it was weird out of, song. Wasn't it out of like, out of time? Yeah, it was like this. Yeah. Uh, the, is that when they're going through the whole tournament? Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I, I noticed through. the same thing. And and it it just pissed like, me off. It was yeah. like, what is this, a country music video or something like that? Yeah. Like I, I did like I was hoping there's gonna be like more like ragtime type of music or something like that, you know? Once again, I don't think it was genre specific. I don't think it was trying to be an old Western. I think it was trying to meld different Was it trying feelings. to be like 90s? I mean, kind of well, going for that? Yeah, we didn't really talk about it last week in, in 310 to Yuma, but that had a great score, a great old, like, felt like old Western score. This, to me, felt like um, like it was trying to be modern, like it was trying to be fresh mm. and, and different. That's weird because I got the, uh, with the exception of that little country jig thing, um, I thought that they was just kind of using some of the same Western tropes. All right. You didn't. I mean, anybody else? Um, somebody break the break the the tie. Like the silence. I don't know. Uh, no, wait, say that one more time. Sorry, well, I was, I was I, making so, notes. So Sean, Sean's saying that he thinks it was kind of a modernized score. I look at this as more of like trying to pay homage to the classic Western score. It felt like too, in a way, like it was like we talk about Hollywood eyes. And this was very like you know like this is going to be a big budget. This movie came out in May, right, in the nineties. Yeah. You know, so I mean, it was probably like you know, right, this is going to be a blockbuster hit. We're going to just do. This is going to be a Hollywood type of hit and everything like that. We got two of the biggest actors in this movie back in the nineties. I mean, it grossed one hundred eighty-three million dollars. That's just crazy, man. It but you know, it, it was a sick, very successful That's movie. You got Mel Gibson at the height of Mel Gibson right before he. Well, I mean. Uh, a seventy-five million dollar budget, a hundred eighty-three million dollar uh, opening or uh, box office. There's no doubt that this was at his peak. He was. Oh yeah. This was Mel Gibson at Mel Gibson's Mel, peak. The nineties were Mel Gibson. Yeah. Like well, how Russell Crowe was. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, I felt like was the the two thousand to two thousand ten era. It's almost like Russell Crowe might have taken over a little bit from Mel Gibson from Both that kind actors, of pers- yeah. perspective. Yeah. Uh, I think we should make a little another cocktail here and take a break and come back. Sounds good. We'll get some Royal Flushing. That sounded weird. We'll get some Royal Flush. Fuck it. We'll just get some whiskey. Okay. We okay, are hot. We are hot. Hot like Maverick in his card streaks. Dude, Mel Gibson's shirtless. I'm not going to lie. That guy was fucking ripped. He's badass. Lie. Was it just me? <laughs> oh, shit. oh, no. <laughs> he had fantastic pecs. Well, so <laughs> this actually brings us a perfect segue. That's a perfect segue, though, into um, uh, his little tryst with... Uh, Annabelle Bransford, and the fact that he got locked out of almost locked out of the tournament. Who yeah. locked him out? So that that's I, a question. Okay, so we were talking about this a little bit off mic, and so I'm going to bring to you what I thought, and you guys all said I'm wrong. I thought it was Bransford. I thought she was the one wrong. that locked him out. Wrong. 
and that she was just basically screwing him to uh, to to get to that time to then leave him and lock him out. Wrong. I have no idea. I actually thought it was his father. I mean, sorry. It was the Cooper, Cooper Towns. Zane Coop, Cooper. Yeah, whatever the guy is. I thought Ooh. it was him. Angel? No, I thought it was actually uh, uh, James Garner. I so, thought he uh, was locked. He locked that. So, okay, so uh, here, here's kind of going off that then. I always expect or I always thought that they were working this con together. But you guys are saying, no, that these were two separate cons and let they me, just happened to meet up together? Let me throw some out there. Well, please right? do. Please let me do. throw you some out there. Okay. What if... And this is me speculating. There's no evidence to back this up. <laughs> what if there was a plot point that was abandoned because of time and because of pacing where somebody they put out like an open call to stop Maverick from reaching the game? Uh, because we had early on, we had um, Angel. Angel Angel get a telegram to stop Maverick at all costs. And maybe well, it we was... We found out that that's Coburn. We found out it was Coburn. Yeah, yeah. But the maybe, Commodore. But what if the Commodore and uh, Zane... Uh, we're kind of in it together to try and... They talked about that in the very end of the book. Right. Saying, I, I, I didn't know you had Angel in on this. So what if uh, his dad was said that the only thing that would screw this up is Maverick because he knew Maverick would win. essentially win um, and screw up the whole plan, but that was his backup plan. So you seen the father was actually only actually set this whole thing I up? Do. I do. I, I think I, I kind of sounds legit, man, because I actually thought that the father or James, James actually Garner, locked yeah. him up because he had his own plan. Because I, but what if what if Annabelle was part of it and that she was trying to collect the reward? She was she was like everybody was against Maverick. It did have that whole like sting vibe where everyone was trying to do the greatest mm, like heist. The sting vibe, yes, the greatest heist. That's funny how I said that. <laughs> everyone looked at me like I was. I didn't look at you like you were the crazy. fool. So everyone originally thought it was like, oh, it's Angel that locked him up in his true. But I started looking at it more. I was like, well, Stick look at brothers. Like, look at who was in the room at the time when there was only five minutes left or like fifteen minutes left, and you saw Jodie Foster run from Maverick's room to her room. And Cooper was walking past saying five minutes and he just happened to be like, that's funny. You guys, you just left her room and Cooper was there. Like he was actually on the premises. So like it just makes more sense to me. It's like he was just like, okay, I'm going to try to take Maverick out of this because I know I'm going to take the money either way. And if Maverick gets out of here, he gets out of here. But like no one knows that he's my son, but I'm supposed to follow through with this deal of don't get Maverick there because that's the Commodore said that. Spoiler, by the way, yeah, so, if you don't know about the end so of the Maverick, film. So Maverick, though, that is his backup plan. Is Okay, if Maverick wins, I kind of win too. Right. So um, Abigail Bransford gets kicked out of the match pretty early. We're getting down toward the end Not of the Pretty early. She made it to the final table. She did make it to the final table. She did. But she actually also lost because, you know, because Maverick, one of the final you know, Maverick you know, caught her like, hey, you, you know. She held her breath. Hold she her held her breath. breath. Yeah. She's. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't twirl my hair. I didn't bite my nails. I didn't, I didn't even bite my nails. Yeah. Well, you, you held a breath, and then she has to ask everyone. And it basically comes down to Maverick and Angel. Yeah. And Maverick then pulls from the deck well, his magical royal flush. Commodore had uh, four Three eights. Four no, eights. No, four four eights. He had four eights. But he was cheating. Yeah, Maverick called it out like, hey, listen, I actually Commodore want to have another cheat. person. It was the angel that was cheating. No, no. The the, the dealer was cheating. The dealer was cheating and for both. I think both. he made the comment like uh, four off the top will be just fine. Mm. <laughs> it's a beautiful like underhanded cut like saying I know what you're doing. I love that. I love the uh, the scene though when uh, the Commodore loses and his cigar is like up and he it's like, wow. <laughs> 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 <I'm> like, <laughs> it made know. me laugh too when uh, all of a sudden people started getting thrown off the boat. Yeah. Time. Yeah. I started laughing. Yeah, like cheaters, cheated, yeah. cheating, or if you have a gun, you're off the boat. And the guy that held is like, can I just hold my hat, please? And he, yeah. He, yeah <laughs> Mr. Stuff. Cooper. Yeah. 
<laughs> so there was a four four eights, and then the other guy was a, a straight flush. And then Maverick and wins had with the, the royal, royal flush. flush. By the way, did royal not even flush. look at his card though. That's no. ballsy. So that was that was a really cool scene. All right, cool scene. That's what I got. Is, is, is there's great tension in that whole scene. It builds up and builds up. And you got Angel who's pissed because he's not looking at the card, and he's just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna see ya. I'm gonna here it is. Yeah, look at your card. Yeah, look at the card. Look at the card. It's so good. It it really is a really well done. Scene again, scene wise, great whole movie. Yeah, there was, well, great, there was great scenes in this movie, and that, that, that scene holds up for a lot of people. Just like, yeah, people play cards, and it was like, I'm not gonna look at this card, I'm gonna pull a map. Let's, let's put it this way, Brandon. I think that this movie, if it was on television, would be a stopper. You just kind of be clicking through on yeah. a Saturday, you know. I, I, I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at movies, right? I'm just kind of clicking through, and it's like there's only so many that I would stop and, and watch. And this is probably one of them that I would be like, oh, I'll watch it for a while. Clueless, I would. Oh, fuck, I hate that movie. But Aww. speaking of Clueless, Dan Hedaya. Anybody catch his? I cameo? caught him. I did. He was Love there him. for like barely half a, half second. a second. But his name him. was on like the cast. Yes. Yeah. But would you would you put this movie better better than like Big Fish and Psycho no, and Galaxy? No, no. I just wanted to know what you thought. <laughs> you yeah, trying to figure just, out where your score's yeah. at? Hell yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, you got uh, the final shootout, or not final shootout, but you've got a uh, final shootout where Angel basically does men try to shoot Maverick. Everyone has a gun. Everyone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone has a gun. James did a really horrible <laughs> job. <laughs> and Cooper and Maverick shoot first, killing them. And then you've got the closing ceremonies where comes the big twist where Cooper steals the $500,000. So I... I know I've seen this movie, but I don't remember this movie. But I could swore you, I'm like, I knew that was going to happen. Like, it was like, uh, I had a feeling that he was going to be a part of it or something like that. I didn't know about the other twist in the end, but I just like, ah, that makes sense. And there were so many little twisty little backstories, backstabbing, back everything. And all the vignettes to me came together. So I agree with you, Brandon, that this is a movie of vignettes. But at the same time, I feel like they all co- coalesced well on the, on the riverboat. You don't agree. I don't, but I, I see what you're what you're getting at. I, mean, I think it the does. There is a great movement. Um, there's a great movement of those those individual skits or scenes or vignettes, uh, and that does culminate in the in the the poker game. But I think that the poker game, and you talked about this earlier, is that it kind of is a different movie, different vibe than the whole movie that that led up to that point, which then throws me off with that scene, which I think or that that segment, which I do think is a really well done segment. So we've got uh, Cooper, who basically steals the winnings, uh, and it turns out that he's in league with the Commodore, who's also in league with Angel. Who's using Angel? Who's he's using yeah. Angel? Yeah, who's using Angel? The Commodore draws a gun. This weird sniper. That... To, well, because we well we missed out that Angel gets blasted and blown yeah, away. Yeah, he killed was killed by Cooper and Maverick. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we've got uh, basically he's got the deal, or he's gonna Commodore's gonna, gonna take the money, mm-hmm. right? No. No, because no. the Commodore is going to actually gonna shoot uh, shoot James. He was going to steal, you know? Right. I feel like they purposely... Commodore, this was a move that I don't think Cooper was aware of. Commodore was like, okay, well, I'm going to take the money now from Cooper without him knowing about it, even though yeah. he's on my he's my partner. I'm, and that's where Maverick was just like, well, that's my poppy there. I'm not going to let you know that. But uh, you know what? Don't worry about it. I don't need the money. But secretly, I'll find him myself. So Cooper was... Uh, Commodore was playing both sides also. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, and that's where Jody Foster came out of nowhere. It's like, I'm just going to be here and just say, this is my man. I'm going to put in like, I've been st- stuck by him for the whole way of the road. So I guess, I guess I don't remember the end of this movie. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So James is like camping out. 
and then uh, uh, Coburn shows up. Shows up. Yes. He's like, "Hey, good job. Hey, good job. Hey, I'm gonna actually shoot you now because you know, actually I'm gonna really fill the whole the thing. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna split the money with then you know yeah. Gibson comes out of nowhere. He's like, "Hey, by the way, you know, I knew this whole thing was all kind of going on and everything like yeah, that. Takes the money." Oh, so he steals. Yeah. Maverick steals. Yeah, the that's right. Yeah. 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 And then throws it, okay. the gun then up in goes, the air. Yeah. Right. Uh, empty then, gun too. And then Garner beats the shit right. out of Coburn. Yeah. Empty no, no, gun. Coburn lives or dies. It's kind of it left ambiguous. Yeah. And then you have Maverick in the tub, and then the Bre- or Zane Cooper comes in. You hear the click of the trigger. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, he actually right. he said. And then, he said you you said your gun is uh, too far away from your hand or something. Yeah. And then he says, "You've been misquoting me my entire life." And then. All of a sudden, they're both in there with with the uh, the tubs. And then I'm the like, tubs. "Oh, his father!" And then why not throw <laughs> Jodie Foster in there? Yeah, she just comes out of nowhere. Is, is every everybody knows where everybody else is at. Maybe you want to take a bath, though. I'm not gonna lie. That seems like God. That looks so there's no, no excuse to be in a water with your own filth. Let there's me just tell zero you, excuse. I, I would love to sit in a tub, but. Eddie, you I can't fit. To, I not, can't fit. We're we too can't tall. Fit. Like my we feet, are very, very you tall. See, I, I do that. My feet just uh, straight. I, my knees are out taller. completely. I, I have ankles and my butt. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I like the idea of that. I was yeah. like, oh, that looks really nice comfort. But Sometimes I can't I go take on a my bath. side. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, yeah, then, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I know you're talking about fetal position. Yeah, yeah. That's the only way you can get the feet. But then my right hip or my left hip. Jeremy, can we shut your third or your third leg just hanging out? Right. Oh, that brings us to the inner room. No, Maverick has <laughs> no. Maverick has some of the money in his boots. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and so yeah. what? what so Jody takes only half the money without her knowing it because <laughs> Maverick knew this knew was going to happen. Gonna come. And Maverick was just like, "Hey, the best part about this whole thing is that I get to chase her down and whatnot." Yeah, just, right. you know. Now it brings us to the to, end of our. Just, well, know. overall, Maverick's like, "Why did I even leave money in there?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that's right. I just want to chase her down." <laughs> it's romantic. There's absolutely no reason. There's no relationship yeah. there. And that brings us to the end of a review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides their score of our scale, zero to five. Eddie, can you take us through our scale? Certainly. Uh, zero, Certainly. The per- zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. One, a filled good first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, you're on the Uber or lifting home. Four, a rough morning watch of shame. Five, you're blackout, shit face, spring break drone. Uh, Brandon, let's start with you. Okay. So this is a movie that I remember more fondly than I actually uh, felt when I rewatched this movie. I agree. Um, it's a movie that is fun. I agree with Sean that, yeah, if it's on, I'm just going to watch it. I'm just going to look at it and, and kind of enjoy it for that, for, for the purpose of just enjoyment. Um, and we talk about this constantly when we get to the rating is by our criteria and how we score. Is this a movie that has any lasting real impact on film? Absolutely not. Is it going to have any impact on film from this point on? Absolutely not. Um, is it a fun movie? Is it enjoyable? Yes, it is. Does it have any true cinem- cinematographic purpose um, besides just being enjoyable? I don't think so. I really think this is a movie that is kind of a one-trick pony, um, and after you know a half hour, the, the pony gets a little bit tired. Um, Ollie. And so... Yeah, Ollie, Ollie. Yeah, um, I do think that Mel Gibson saves the the show by a lot with um, with his with his charismatic presence. I miss um, Mel Gibson. I, I know I miss I miss true Mel Gibson. Jodie Foster, who I normally like, uh, normally love, um, fell flat for me. Yeah. Garner did great. Coburn did great. Alfred Molina did great. You know, uh, I think that uh, we talked about this a lot. This movie really didn't know what it was supposed to be or what it was trying to be. And to me, that really did hurt it. It had the slapstick quality all the way up until the poker game. 
which was still kind of loose and light, but then it gets kind of uh, not quite rounders heavy with with the card playing. But at the same time, it gets you know a heavier heavier vibe, which um, unfortunately doesn't work. So uh, I am going to go ahead and give this since we're apparently doing quarters now. Uh, I'm going to give this a three and three quarters uh, shot, or, or I'm sorry, a three and three quarters rating, which means I'm Uber, I'm lifting home, but as I'm lifting home or Ubering. I'm still going to be drinking from that flask. This is seven on IMDb. Yeah, well, guess what I'm saying? No, I'm three I, and three quarters. I understand. I'm just, I'm, I'm. Or 3.75 for those of you in the digital age. So, uh, Eddie, I'm going to throw it to you, buddy. Thank you. I actually was wondering, is I three quarters? Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm playing. Uh, I kind of agree with you, Brandon. Like, it's a movie that I feel like almost like it's like Mel Gibson stepped out of the Lethal Weapon, and I feel like the producer said, just do what you do in Lethal Weapon with like. <laughs> Funny, but we're gonna throw a cowboy hat on you, and you're gonna be this time though. But this time, but this time, you're not gonna be a cop. You're gonna be the good guy. What? Are you serious? This is great. This time, you're gonna be a good guy without knowing you're the good guy. You know, you're not really a cop, but it's that same attitude. That's what we want. Like that's what I almost feel like it's like a lethal weapon three and a half with like back in like back to the future, back to the past. I don't know why. I just feel like the like he you saw that vibe with Danny Glover, and it was just all these little like. Funny little things that was happening throughout the movie, and I don't know. It was a weak story plot. I was just like, okay, pretty much you needed money to get to the poker tournament. Um, overall, though, Jodie Foster was great. James Garner. Garner, yeah, he was great. Like, it was a good little three uh, trio there with actors and actresses. Um, overall, though, I felt like the movie dragged a little bit. It was a long movie when I looked at it. Overall, like I felt like before I knew it, it was still an hour into the movie. I was like, okay, when's this happening? <laughs> Uh, so personally, I feel like it's a great movie. It's one of those movies I agree with Sean though. Like when it's on TV, you're gonna watch it. Like it's it's funny. It's something that you you can enjoy a couple beers with, and it's gonna you're gonna enjoy the movie. I feel like though it's one of those movies where when you watch it, you want to kind of start in the middle. I always almost feel like that because that's how I feel. You want to start in the middle because the last hour is the best part. I'm gonna give this movie a three point five. So I'm gonna be Ubering or lifting home with a hat, with a shot. Jeremy. Uh, Jeremiah. Uh, the movie is a hit and miss for me. Um, the first two acts of the movie are light and it drags for a very long time. I feel the best thing about the movie were the the last third act, the couple of twists at the ending, the final twist. Um, you kind of can see the little mile away of it and everything like that, but I still thought it was really good. I thought the cast is what saves the movie. Um, I, I don't plan on seeing this anytime soon. Um, I love the leads, but it's just not enough for me to just really want to see this movie again. So uh, it's a rough morning uh, walk of shame for me. It's a four for me, actually. A four? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I got to save it. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. That's what you're going to give it. I just changed. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. you going to give a zero oh. right now, or what are you going to do? Zero <laughs> percent of me wants to give this a zero. <laughs> No, um, I think this movie is a good movie. I think it's a, it's it's a above average movie. I think it's somewhere, um, you know. I'm looking at our list. Is it as good as something like Twilight? Yeah, I think it is as good as Twilight. I'm looking at our list. Is it as good as uh, North by Northwest? No, it's not as iconic as North by Northwest. Um, so if you look in our, uh, you know, I know you don't like anything. Uh, you know, your mind can't possibly grab anything before 1970 when. You know, <laughs> People had real plots and acting. Anyway, um, so was this a real <laughs> plot? Is that what you're telling me? No, before 1970. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> my time. Uh, reclaiming my time. No. Uh, so anyway, so I think this movie was 
charming. I think Mel Gibson was funny. I think that it had serious problems with discovering what it was, if it was going to be a comedy or if it was going to be a serious movie. Um, I think James Garner was fantastic. I think Coburn was fantastic. Yeah. I think Jodie Foster was out of her element, and she was beautiful and wonderful and different. Um, do I think this was the best movie ever made? Hell no. Do I think it was, it, like I said, it's enjoyable. And it's hard for me to look at our list and look at movies and say that this movie isn't, you know, top t- top 20, top 25 movies. Is this as bad as Big Lebowski? No. Do I hate it as much as Fight Club? No. There's so many movies that I hate. It's better than 310 to Yuma? No. Okay. <laughs> that was like a five second delay. I love that. No. <laughs> uh, what did I give 310 to Yuma? Two, I know, but a uh, three ten and you must give it, you you gave it a two. two, yeah, and that's tied so with uh, gonna, Fight Club. This one's a two, well, Fight Club is a six. Uh, this is a two and a half. I think this is a two wow. a two and a half. Wow, hold on one second. I wasn't expecting. I think that. it's an average, an average movie. So when you combine those scores and divide it by four, what does Maverick earn, Eddie? Uh, hold on one second. He, are we doing the math? Yes, <laughs> I saw it and I was like, wait, ah. don't leave. Uh, are we rounding up or no? No. Okay, well, it, then it's a three thousand, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's a three point four, three, three, three point four, three seven five, three point four, four, three point four, four, five. Then it's three point three point four, four, three point four, three seven five. Okay, three point four, four. Okay, we are we are rounding. Okay, so first of all, it's not the worst movie. Thank God, it's not the worst movie. Is it better? Tell me, it's better than it. Or what about that that surfer movie? Ooh. It's right between oh. that surfer movie. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's better than the Big Lebowski. Yeah, okay, okay, that's good. It's so, way better than the Big so Lebowski. So it's, it's below Point Break. It's below Point yes! Break. Yes, <laughs> that's actually I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, wow. Okay, I okay. don't think that four was warranted. <laughs> There's a lot of fives that was not warranted. <laughs> <laughs> a three point four four. All right, that's gonna. That's the guns are gonna come out here with the ring. The young guns or what? What? Eddie? All right, if you enjoyed our review or fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening and leave us a five star review on iTunes. If you're interested, you can find us on Instagram at the dot gentleman podcast. You can visit our website at gentlemanpodcast.com. Or if you want to reach out to us and talk to us, you can do so by email at hosts with an s at thegentlemanpodcast.com. For legal reasons, we don't condone or encourage anyone under the age of twenty one to drink along with us. And of course, because we live in a ridiculous society where people are stupid, 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 we must ask that you please do not drink and drive if you're listening to us in the car or on your horse. On your horse? Nay! Uh, hey. okay, that was good. Uh, Jeremy, what do we have next week to finish out our Western trilogy? I'll just give you the theme. <laughs> That's not even close. Oh, I get it. Yeah, that's what it is, yo. Yo. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, you're spilling all over the desk. That's not me. I was barely even like... You guys were trying to find me, and I was just trying to slam some cups here. That's pretty good. Slam glass?